Amen. Stand to your feet this morning for the reading of God's Word. You're glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Say amen. amen. Praise God. I am, and I know you are. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Say amen when you're there. Amen. Hey, real quick, while you're turning to God's Word, uh, be sure to bring your family photos. Uh, we, we need all of those, uh, your fun family photos, even if they're messed up, kind of like the one you saw of Pastor Ben and Jenny and their family. Uh, we have something very special and creative and unique that we're going to use those photos to decorate our foyer with in this really cool pic collage. So uh, bring your photos, just write your, your name on the back of them. You can, you'll get them back when, when Christmas is over, but uh, we need all of those family photos in, so of your kids, of your family, of whoever, bring those into the church. You can bring them on a Sunday, on a Wednesday give them to someone on staff, and uh, we're going to be using those in this really cool, creative way, again, out in the foyer. It's going to be really awesome. So uh, we, we need your photos in. It's going to be great. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it what? Holy. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it? Holy. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it? Holy. By keeping it holy. In six days you shall work and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, your male, your female servant, your animals, or any foreigner residing in your towns. On that day you shall do no work. You shall rest. And everyone says, Amen to that. Oh, you, all, I know a bunch of more people take naps on Sunday. So, so we're to work one, uh, six days, not one, <laughs> we're to work six days and rest the other. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, as we talk about your word, and as we uh, talk about the truth of your word, and the things that we value here in this house, Lord, may we understand it. May our conscience really receive what you have for us. Holy Spirit, help us to be in tune in the next few moments to catch all that is thrown at us, oh God. And we're ready to receive it. We're re- we are ready to be better people because of it. And God's people, one more time, said, amen, so be it. Give the Lord a praise as you're seated in his house today. One of the things that we're doing today, uh, we're kind of in the middle of, in between some series right now. So um, I I wanted to, I've looked for all year an opportunity to really talk about it in somewhat detail. And those that are part of our leadership program here at our church, what we call Submerge, you've kind of heard a lot of this before. And I've never really had an opportunity as a pastor to share this with an entire congregation. Now, if you go to our website, uh, you can find out in detail exactly what we'll, we believe. You can find out and read more about our 16 fundamentals of truth, our four cardinal doctrines, our two ordinances that we believe in this church. And, and for all the football fans in here, I promise I'm not go- I don't have 16 points today. Trust me. I don't want to listen to me that long either. So it's okay. Uh, and Holly's going to be flagging me down if I do. But I'm just telling you, if you want to know in detail, or if someone that you work with, or a coworker, or a family member, or a friend says, hey, what do you, really, you, know, what do you guys believe at that church? What, what are your beliefs? And, and if you are inadequate or unable to go into great detail about it, you can point them to our website. And, and on there, again, it has all of our beliefs with scripture references, and it, it's all backed up biblically, and it tells you, again, our doctrine, our beliefs there, why we do what we do, and who we are. So today, what I... What we're talking about, when you see the artwork in the foyer and here in the, in the sanctuary, and we're talking about Define, I want to talk to you today about our DNA here at our church. Now, for those of us that are familiar with the term DNA or you even know a little bit what it is, 
it, it, it works a little bit this way. Um, for those that, uh, so let me say it this way. On our 90-day challenge, those cards that we filled out, you guys remember those? This means yes, this means no. On those 90-day card challenges that we filled out a few weeks ago, what we wanted to see God do in the next 90 days from that point till the end of the year, many people wrote down they want to manage their weight a little better or lose some weight or, you know, change some eating habits. There, there was actually a lot of people that are in our church that are in here today that are struggling with that on some level. And, and there are maybe some deep-rooted issues that need to be dealt with, maybe some self-perception issues, maybe there's some eating disorders, or, uh, but... But beyond that, for some of us, there's kind of good news and there's bad news. With the right diet and with enough exercise, you can lose weight. Now look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. You know, I was going to have you say, he's talking to you, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> what did you do? Whack. There might be a lot of slapping going on in the church. I'm saying this because this is really important. And as I pray over these and I read them, I see, wow, God, there's a lot of people in our church that are dealing with this, that are struggling with that. God, heal them and set them free and deliver them and show them that with the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, we can do anything. How many believe all things are possible, amen? I do, amen. All things are possible, even losing weight. And so, um, now the the bad news is, um, I know a lot of us want to, now, Shane's not in the house today. He, it's open season for hunting, and he's out hunting right now. So you can all just tell him that I'm talking about him. But uh, he can catch on the podcast later. But, uh, you know, for most of us, the guys want to look like Ken, and the women want to look like Barbie, right? I mean, you know, we, no, um, you know, we, we, we want these perfect physiques. Or maybe you see someone, maybe you see a Hollywood star, you know, a female or a man, you know, on the cover of the magazine, they have chiseled jaws and chins and, and their high cheekbones or whatever it's supposed to be. And, uh, you know, they have muscles on muscles. And, uh, but there is something in all of us called DNA. Everybody say DNA. DNA. Now, here's the bad news. If it's not in your DNA, no matter how hard you try. Now, let me say this. This is not an excuse for you to get all of your kids' Halloween candy and say, well, Pastor Matt said, if it's not in my DNA, I can't lose weight, so it really doesn't matter. I'll just, yeah. I, you know, I don't know about you, but I pick out the Kit Kats. I tell my kids, you got to tithe your Kit Kats. You don't have to give me money, but you got to give me candy. So <laughs> I pull all the Kit Kats out. And maybe it's Reese's for you or it'd be Hershey's for my dad, whatever. But our DNA, and, and what's so neat, the way God designed us, that our DNA writes everything about us. It's, it's like a script for our life. It tells us if our eyes are going to be blue or brown or green or one, one eye one color and one eye the other color. It's gonna, our DNA tells us what, the hair, what our hair color will be or, or the lack of our hair or, or the color. Um, our DNA tells us our body composition, right? Um, our DNA tells us, you know, who, what the color of our skin will be and how much hair we'll have on our chest, man. And our DNA writes all of that stuff for us. So we all have a DNA that God the Father placed in us that he made specific for us. So you have the hair color that you have and you have the eyes that you have. And, and we pass this DNA on through our families. 
And so we have this DNA that it makes up, makes up who we are. It makes us who we are. So I believe just as we have DNA, I believe our church has DNA. I believe that God has given a DNA to this church and to every other church. That he has called them to be a specific thing and a specific body of Christ for that local region where they're at. To, and, and you're going to do a specific job in that community. And the great thing about all uh, churches around that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we can all reach the unlost and reach them in different ways. Larry and Nick, who are in the house today, they're, they're, they traveled 34 miles on Friday, and uh, they walked on Friday 34 miles, and, and uh, uh, Nick was sharing me, with me this morning, he rode with me to the Colleen campus, and he was telling me about some of the people they met along the way, some interesting people, Larry, is what I've heard. And uh, you need to talk to these men to hear about some of their stories about yesterday. And one of the stories was, uh, was a lady that, that you guys met, and she said, oh, I wish our church would do something like this. And what's, what makes this so unique about our DNA is that God didn't call every church to do the Capital 100. He spoke to one man in our church who's sitting out here, and that man was obedient, came to me and said, Pastor, I feel like this is something that God is this asking our church to do. And the Holy Spirit confirmed that in my spirit right away, and obviously in your, your spirits as well, because of the turnout that we had, and we, we, we did it. We accomplished it yesterday, amen? Praise God. But there might be another church in town that God would speak to someone in their congregation or their pastor and tell them, you know what, I'm calling you to start this ministry because that's part of their DNA. And I know oftentimes we can look across the aisle and see someone with a DNA that we want. Man, I wish I was smart as he was. I wish I was as good looking as she was. I wish I could sing like he could. I wish I could do this like they do. And, but have you ever thought just for a moment, church, that God hasn't asked you to be them? Oh, come on, somebody. I, I'm giving you something that should set you free today. See, God has created you and giving the DNA for you because he's asking you to be you. And we serve a God today, church, that does not get upset if we don't act like someone else. Now we do. We want to be someone else so often. So often we want to look like someone else. We want to emulate something that we see. We say, oh, we like that. I've got to be careful as a pastor. I, I podcast a lot of preachers at, at bigger churches than mine. And I listen to them for influence. And I listen to them. But I've got to be careful because I don't want to emulate them. I, I want to be who I am. God, use me creatively as you've designed me to be. I'm going to be okay with who I am. If you're okay with me, then I'm going to be okay with me. Yes. Amen, church? I, I mean, just, just say it out loud. I'm okay. I'm okay. And, and if you decide today, you know what? If, if the maker of heaven and earth is okay with me, then I'm going to be okay with me. And the people around me, they're just going to have to be okay with me. And if they're not, they need to pray through today at the end of the service. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But God has given us a DNA, I believe, here at Crossroads Church. I believe that our church, both campuses, both Colleen, Belton and Colleen, that we have unique DNA for our counties, for our cities that we're in, for our region, for our school districts, for our local government. I believe that God is assembling within this church the right people at the right time, in the right moment to do a God thing. Can I get an amen? 
Because when I look out at my audience every Sunday and I look out at my congregation, I see influencers, I see world changers, I see devil chasers, I see people who can destroy walls, people who can pray over the sick and they're healed. I see healed marriages and not broken homes. I see people who are ready to do something great for the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, I don't know what, what you see when you look at yourself or if you were to come on this platform and turn around and look because you might be tempted to see something else. But when I look through the eyes of the Father and I look at all of you here today and as I glance at our Colleen campus today and as it's growing and, and uh, maybe those watching on the Internet today, when I, when I see that, when I look at you, I see world changers, amen. I see people who are ready to storm the walls who are ready to take the city. People are who are saying, kind of like in the book of Nehemiah, we have a sword in one hand and a shovel in the other. Amen? That we're ready to fight and we're ready to work at the same time. I see, I see people who are ready to slay some Goliaths in life. Amen? I see some bridge builders in here. I see people who are ready to stand in the gap for someone who can't stand for themselves. Pray for someone when they can't pray for themselves. I see people within this church today who make the devil nervous on all kinds of levels. Amen? That he's just irritated and agitated and nervous. He doesn't know what to feel or what to think because he looks and sees a committed group of people who love God and who love each other. Amen, church. So what's in our DNA? What makes us up? I've got to do the best I can today in just three short points to sum up all of our values and all of our beliefs. Now, if you have attended this church for any length of time, you'll know that these three specific things, by any means, don't entirely paint the accurate picture of who we are. I just don't have the time today to go over all of our values and what our culture is and what we believe here and why we believe it. But, but some of the three most biggest things, I would think that we could rank these even in order uh, here at our church. And that is, write this down, number one, that we value the presence of the Holy Ghost. We value the presence of the Holy Spirit in this church. That is one of our values. So when I talk about values, I'm talking about the core of who we are. So for example, in your home, in your, your family, you may value family time. Does anyone value family time in the house today? So if you value something, you make time to do it. You do it. If you value something, you do it. I, I value working out. I, I value going to our box, our CrossFit gym, and working out with some of the people here in church. I value that, so I make time for that. But we value the presence of the Holy Spirit in this church. So what does that mean? Well, that means that every Sunday, that as the pastor of this church, when I'm standing there singing and worshiping, I'm also talking to God during that time. And I'm communicating, not just then, but all week, and in my office early in the morning, before anyone else is here, or if I'm going to the clean campus that morning, on my drive there, I learned this from my father, and that simply is, I say, Holy Spirit, ultimately this is your church, and these are your people. And I, while I'm the pastor, and I'm a guide here to shepherd us in these moments and pastor us in these moments, you have full and complete authority to do whatever you want, whenever you want it, and how you see to do it. Is that okay, church? So I am praying, and when I'm worshiping, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, is there something for this moment? Is there something that I need to say? Is there something that I need to do? Is there, outside of what I have planned and what I've already prayed about, is there something that you want to abruptly interject within my spirit that I need to communicate to our people? And I've got to be with you. Oftentimes there is. 
oftentimes my prepared, when I'm going to come up and say after worship, the Holy Spirit has communicated something different to me during that time. And, and because someone has shown up in the house that I didn't know would be here. And the Holy Spirit knew that they would be here. And he says, you know what, Matt? You need to share this. And it ministers to someone. Or maybe something that my wife, who does a much better job, has said on a Sunday morning. So we value the presence of the Holy Spirit in our church. Would you agree with me today? We value. Amen. Yes. We value God's presence. Now, one of the, one of the things, the doctrine that I need to teach this morning, um, it, it, what we believe in our church that we can't get around. If you listened uh, on the radio interview that I gave Thursday about the Capital 100 when I was asked about what does the cross mean and the flags, and when I got to the cross, I said, well, we can't get around that. That's who we are. I mean, that's, I don't, you know, I, I, I could go into great detail on the on this show, but we, and those are the words I used. I said, well, Lynn, I can't, I can't get around the cross. God is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. He's the reason why we're here. So when, we've, when I say we value the presence of the Holy Spirit, not only does that mean in our corporate Sunday worship time on a Sunday morning, our, our celebration service, we, we make room for God. Not God, you make room for me. I want to say that again. God, we make room for you. I don't expect you to make room for me. Who am I that I should stand before the presence of the Almighty and demand anything? i got to be honest with you. When God's presence and I feel His tangible presence, I feel so little and so small and so inadequate. And not that, not that He makes me feel that way, but I am realizing in this fleshly body that, wow, you are a pretty big God. And I'm a pretty small person. And in this moment, I'm going to reverence you, and I'm going to give you glory, and I'm going to give you honor. So church, when I talk about we value the presence of the Holy Spirit, we, we make room for Him. Are you with me today? What would your home look like today if you made room for God? I, I really mean that. Just stop and really think about that. Does, does the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, after all, that He's a comforter. Can you imagine the Savior of the world describes the Holy Spirit that way? And I don't know about you, but in our culture today, do we not need some comfort? Don't we need to know that everything's going to be okay? That at the end of the day, when all of the dust settles and the devil shouted and he screamed and he's ruffled a bunch of feathers and he stirred up a bunch of dust, at the end of all of that and through all of that, somehow, some way, God takes all of that and works it for our good. So the Holy Spirit is a comforter. What would our homes look like today? What kind of peace could we have in our marriages, in the raising of our children, if we audibly said as a couple, as a married couple, or as a single mom, or a single dad in the house today, you said, Holy Spirit, out loud, Holy Spirit, be in this home. I welcome you into our home. I welcome you into this time and at our dinner table. Be in our conversations. Guide us in this moment. Parents, what would your life look like if you prayed when the kids were asleep, as Holly and I do? We say, Holy Spirit, help us to parent these kids. <laughs> because I, I see no perfect parents. I see a lot of good things, but I don't see any perfect parents out here. But we say, Holy Spirit, help us parent these children. Show us what to say. Show us what to do. This is beyond us. It's out of our control. Holy Spirit, help us. So we need to value the presence of the Holy Spirit, not just in this house, but in our other house. Are you with me today, families? Amen? We must value the presence 
of the Holy Spirit. Give room for Him. Allow Him to move and operate in our lives. So we value the presence of the Holy Spirit. Number two, we value, I'm drawing a blank, I've got to apologize. <laughs> it's terrible. Thank you. We value the Word of God. We value the teaching, not just on Sunday morning, the teaching of the Word of God, but we value the Word of God in itself. We believe in our church that the Word of God stands alone. Amen? That it stood before time and it will stand after time. Now, when we, when we hear scriptures of things like in John chapter 1, or we read other scriptures where, you know, heaven and earth will pass away before my word would ever, before one word would ever be blotted out or would fade away. We've got to understand that the Bible is talking about not just, it's not talking about our Bible, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus stood before time and he stands after time. But look at the parallels that God draws between Jesus the Word and also the Word of God. Our Bibles that we hold in our hands. It's, it's our instruction book for life. It's our guide. It's our manual. It's our operating manual. It's our user's manual. It teaches us and tells us what to say when we could never say it for ourselves. Have you ever prayed something and you've wondered if you're praying the right thing or if, or if God is even hearing you or, or you, you're just dumbfounded? You don't know what to pray in that moment. Can I tell you what I do, church, as a pastor, especially, maybe I'm going into a hospital room to pray for someone who is on death's bed. It could be a family member that says, you know what, we want you to come pray with our uncle or come pray with our dad or come pray. And I've got to be honest with you, I, I'm intimidated sometimes in those moments. Because oftentimes they, when the preacher walks in, they, they expect lights and angels to sing and everything to come. But I'm not divine. I, I, can't, I can't tell God what to do and when to do it. I believe in divine healing. That is one of our truths, one of the things we value at our church. So I pray and I, and I, I seek God's word for counsel and for wisdom. Amen? So what would our lives look like today if in our homes and our marriages, within our church, within our ministries, we really begin to seek God's word for wisdom? Somebody say wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom beyond our learning Wisdom beyond our years. True wisdom. Wisdom that when you speak it, there's a revelation. There's a light bulb that goes off. Something clicks. Something dots are connected that never connected before. And God's word has that ability to do that. So we value God's word. We value uh, what his word has to say to us. We value the things that he wants to say to us in his word. 1 Corinthians, excuse me, Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 1 through 3. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this entire roll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. And so, so I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. And then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. And he says, so I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Now, if you're in the house today and you're saying, wait a minute. I'm supposed to eat God's word? That's going to be tough. I'm not daring you. Maybe later I'll dare you, but not right now. Now, I have stood on God's word before. Like, I put it on the ground and stood on it because I didn't know what else to do. Like, I've reached all my limits. But, but what God was speaking to Ezekiel was he's saying, listen to me, church. I'm laying out to you the beginning and the end, all of that in there. You're to take all of that and eat the whole thing. What I'm saying to you today, church, as a congregation, is God's word is not a buffet. You know, buffets are great because they can have everything in the world, and you get to choose what you want. So if you're not a vegetable person, guess what? It's okay. 
Because I got stuff for you if you're not a vegetable person. Or if you're a vegetarian and you don't eat meat and you just like vegetables, then they have that for you. And so the buffet gives us an opportunity to choose the parts that we like. We can put on our plate what we want. And if that tasted really good, we can go back and get more of it. If we got something we just wanted to try it because it was different, you know, we can leave it on our plate and, and, and the waitress will take it away and we can go get something else out. God's Word is not a buffet. So we, as a congregation, as men and women, we have to take the whole Word of God. Amen? The stuff that we like, like Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, that we believe that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine of Him. That He'll work all things for my good. We love that stuff. But, but the parts where God says He chastises those He loves. That there's moments where he pushes you into the wilderness. He sets you free only to put you in a wilderness. Come on, somebody. He delivered you from Egypt just to send you right out into the desert. And then you're in the desert saying, I wish I was back in Egypt. That's the same God. That's the same word. We have to take all of it. Everybody say all of it. Yeah, A-double-L, all of it. We have to take all of God's word. Not just some of it, the stuff that makes us feel good, the hallelujah, praise God, shout you down, preaching kind of stuff, but the stuff that humbles you, that says pride and haughtiness cometh before a fall, that kind of stuff. The stuff that says you shouldn't gossip about someone because Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 3 that gossip is the same as witchcraft. It says divination, That's, it's, it's witchcraft. If you gossip, you're, you are someone who practices witchcraft. So that's what I mean when I say the whole word. We've got to take all of it, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. We've got to take it in and say, okay, God, I'm going to apply this to my life. I'm going to make it applicable to my life. Now, with God's word, some of the things that you, you encounter as, as a pastor, some of the things that you hear oftentimes is, well, you know, pastor, sometimes I don't feel like I'm being fed enough. Uh, you may have said that or you may have heard that before. So, my, my, my question to that is, okay, I'll, I'll deal with that. I, I can, I'll, I'll receive that. That's fine. But when we're at home and we're hungry, do we? I don't have a servant at my house. Maybe you do, but I don't. Um, I could ask my wife for something. She would probably say, well, then get up and get it yourself then. You have two feet and two hands and arms, and that's not true. She's very great at, at helping serve me sounds wrong. Yes, anyway, <laughs> there's too many in the house. Don't say salad. And, uh, but when we're hungry, don't we just get something to eat? You don't, you don't wait for someone to come along and serve you or, or make it for you. Or you, you. You get in there and you prepare it, don't you? So what I'm saying to you is I'm happy to feed you when I am before you. I will give you God's word. But if you're not eating on your own, it's not my fault. Amen? So when you're hungry spiritually, go eat. Go to God's Word and say, God, I am hungry for righteousness. I am thirsty for righteousness. I am ready for my life to change. It's on a, it's on a road to hell. Something's got to get better. i got to get in the Word of God. 
my, my house is running amok. My kids aren't serving God. They're not listening to me. What would it look like if we got God's word out and we began to read it out loud and we began to confess it and we began to proclaim it, amen? And we began to say, this, what's in here is about to come to pass. Amen, church. Yes, yeah, so I eat when I'm hungry. When we're hungry, well, we must eat. And last is certainly not least, we value people. We value the presence of God. We value the word of God. We value people in this church. Pretty, ugly, fat, skinny, white, black, brown, whatever you got going on. And some of you got a lot going on beyond that. But whatever is going on in your life, we value people. Amen, church. Amen, yes. One of the things I love most about this congregation, and I want to give a shout out to the Clean Campus because I happened to hear it firsthand. We had a, we had a, a guest, one of our first-time guests at the Clean Campus today, and, and uh, was a, a mom there by herself. And I was speaking with her and talking with her about her, her child and, and uh, how she found our church. She, she said on the website, and uh, what drew you to our church, you know, what was it on the website, just because I want to know those things, if we can improve, whatever. And I'm talking to her, and, and she says, you know what, I, I've only been here five, ten minutes. She goes, but this, this place just seems so welcoming, inviting, and warm, and that's what I was looking for. And I was like, hey, that's what we want. That's, that's the reaction that we want. And we get that at both campuses. When I talk to our guests on the phone or whatever it may be, or people that have participated in one of our events or came to our campus for something that we were hosting, and the comment that I always get is that, man, it's such a friendly place. That, and I'm like, yes, we genuinely love you. We genuinely care about you. We're not doing that just so you'll come to church here. We, we genu- genuinely want to love you and care for you and minister to you. And when I'm, when I'm witnessing and sharing the gospel with people at the gym or wherever it's at, I tell them about our church. So, you know, if you come here, I promise you, you will fit in just like that. Just like that. And it puzzles people. Because for some people, that's a revelation, an idea of a church that they've never heard before. But wait a minute. Hold on. Do you have any idea of the stuff that I'm bringing with me? And my thing is, you know what? i got a God that's bigger than all that junk. Come on, somebody. He's bigger than your three divorces. He's bigger than all your mess-ups and your hang-ups and all of that stuff. He's bigger. So just bring it anyways. He can deal with that. that. That's his job. He specializes in dealing with junk and stuff in your life. Let him forgive you of it. Let him heal you of it. Let him deliver you of it. Amen. I'll just point you in the right direction. We value people in this church. We will love one another. If it kills us, we're going to love each other. Amen. <laughs> we're going to love one another. And just like our, our blood families, as we have a big family, it can get tough to love each other. Say amen. It's okay. It can be tough to love one another. Because here at Belton at Colleen, we consider ourselves a family. I, I do. For many of our military men and women that come here out of state that don't have families here, we have an opportunity, which I love so much, to be their family. We get to be their brothers and their sisters and, and maybe be like a mom or a dad to some of them. We get, to, we get to be there for them. That's pretty cool. And we are like a family. And just like any other family, we all have stuff going on. How many have crazy family? We've got the holidays coming up. You know, you've got to deal with crazy uncle and... and and psyched out aunt and your nephew who's all pierced and all kinds of stuff going on and you got whatever it is you know what I mean 
Come on now, you know. You don't even know how to classify it. They're just crazy. And you know what's crazy? When you're the sanest of them all, you know what I mean? And, and Hey, we all have, we all have everybody from the right to left or front to the back. We all have family like that. But the beautiful thing that when we come into God's house on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or our connect groups, that we can be family to one another. We can show love to one another. We can show the same respect to one another that we expect to get. And we can, we can make room for one another. We can greet one another. We can hug one another. Uh, I love most that about my church. I, I could come here and there's some older ladies at the Colleen campus that when I get there, they, that's, they don't, they're, they're just waiting for me to get there so they can hug me. Um, and I love it. It is. Uh, and, and same here at the Belton campus. I have people every Sunday, before and after Sunday, come up and say, Pastor, they hug me and say, we love you, great job today, all of that. And I love to hear that, and I appreciate that about it. And that's what I love. But we're dealing with the family, and a family atmosphere, and those things. We have to be slow and patient towards one another. Can you say amen? We have to be loving towards one another. That means that we're, we're patient, and we're slow to anger with each other. And we say, you know what? You're just as messed up as I am. I'm going to give you a break today. You know what, I, I, I know, <laughs> and oftentimes, like in our, listen, like in our family, at our house, we will take out our anxiety on our spouses because they're safe targets. We know that they're not going to fire us if we go crazy, if we say something offensive. They're not going to, we do that at work, we may get fired, we may lose our job, get written up, but we can go home, we can do those things because our spouse is going to say, you're fired or excommunicated or you're off the island. Um, and when we come to church, we need to understand that, you know what, someone may have come today with, and they're just having a bad day. And just, just things today didn't go their way. And we come in and we think that they're mad at us. We think that they're angry at us. That, I tried to hug them and I tried to welcome them. And uh, they didn't even say, they just brushed me off like I was a piece of trash. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's not even all about you. Amen. Amen. Maybe, maybe they were, maybe they had a bad day at work and they came under pressure at work or they're under pressure to meet a certain quota or meet a certain goal or maybe finances in life just aren't going right or maybe their marriage is struggling. Maybe they're having issues with their kids and they came to church just to find some peace and solitude and yet they found you who had a bad attitude towards another family member. So we must be loving towards one another, church. If we value people, and I know we do, and I know you do, that means we've got to be slow to anger. We're patient with one another. And amen, and we love one another. Amen? Stand to your feet today all across this place. We, we value the presence of the Holy Spirit. We value the Word of God, and we value people. We value, obviously, a lot more than that, but those are, those are some of our biggest things that we value at this church. We love each and every one of you, whether you've you're been at this ch- church almost 75 years now or... Or this is your first day. We, we believe that God has a place for you here. And the beauty of God's kingdom and His family is that when we all pitch in and we do our part, the kingdom of God grows in exponential ways, in ways we never thought we could do it ourselves. And that's what we're here for. We're here to grow God's kingdom, not our kingdom. I'm not here to grow my kingdom. I'm here to grow His. I'm here to further His kingdom. I'm here to advance His cause, not mine. Capital 100, all these things that we do, it's to draw people to the cross. That's why. We don't do it for recognition. We don't do it so people will put our name in lights or in the paper. We're so not about that. That's 
That's what I love about this church and the humbleness of our church and the people that serve here is that, that we, could, <laughs> we could care less about that kind of stuff. Uh, that's why you don't, you'll never see my name out on the church sign or on a bulletin or, or any of those kind of things that I just are on our letterhead. I just, it doesn't revolve around me. I know that. And I'm okay with that. It revolves around Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the center. Amen. Yes. And from Him we branch out. From Him, the Bible says that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And let me say this to us, church, that a good gardener will prune the branches. He will trim the vine. Now, none of us like that because that means God will chisel away at us. He'll try to soften us up. He'll work on us in ways that we don't necessarily think that we need working on. But what would today look like if you stopped for a few moments right here at the end of our service, you joined me at the altars, you said, God, you are the vine and I am the branch. And I'm asking you today, as we talked about when we value the presence of the Holy Spirit, let's really put it into action today. Say, Holy Spirit, we're going to give you a few moments here at the end of our service right now. If I haven't already, I'm going to give you some room to work in my life. Speak to me. Every dad in this place, Ask the Holy Spirit to show you to be the best dad for your family that you could be. Every mom in here, single mom, single parent, God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me to be whatever it is. Grandparents, help me. All of us in this room, we're going to pray. So I want you to join me at the front. Join me at the altar. Come as your family today. Find a place to pray in this house. We're going to pray. We're going to give the, the Holy Spirit an opportunity. Our prayer partners will join you. They'll pray. They'll come up and pray with you. If you feel their hand on their back, you can grab their hand if you want prayer for something else and further beyond that. We're going to pray. You can kneel at the altar. You can stand and pray, whatever. And ask the Holy Spirit. Teach me, guide me in this moment. Show me. Reveal your word to me. I want to be more like God. I want to be more like Christ.